We begin the Gemara today at the last line on Daf Chav Gimel Amid Beis. We Rami the Rav Meir Rav So the Gemara brought before from the Mishnah the Machlekes of Rav Meir and the Chachamim when it comes to freeing Evet through Kesef. So Rav Meir says that it could only be Kesef like they are Someone else has to pay the master to free him, and the reason is because the Evet cannot be Zayche in any money that's going to be his. Whatever he Zayche goes to the master. Furthermore, the Gemara explained that the Chiddush of Rav Meir was, even if someone is going to give the Evet, the money, with a c- clear condition that it's not even yours, I'm giving it to you just for the purpose to free yourself, but still, automatically, whatever money the, uh, the Evet has any Kenyan in, automatically goes to the Master. That condition doesn't help. But the Chachamim disagree. Rabbanan say that when he give it with this condition, so he can be kinder the money with this purpose to free himself, and therefore, he can free himself with kasef al yidei atzmai. That was the lashon of the Mishnah with his own uh, money. So here the Gemara will bring a contradiction in the opinion of Rav Meir and Rabbana. Rami the Rav Meir the Rav Meir, and the contradiction was asked on Rav Meir's opinion. Rami the Rabbanon ad Rabbanon, and also a contradiction in the Rabbana's opinion. Tanya, because it says in the Brisa as follows. And here, just before we learn the Brisa, this Brisa is going to talk about redeeming Maisa Sheni. And when it comes to redeeming Maisa Sheni, the halacha is, if you redeem your own Maisa Sheni, so you have to add a fifth to the money that you're redeeming it with. But if someone else is redeeming your Maisa Sheni, so then he just redeems it for the value of what it is without adding that fifth. So here it talks about a woman that's redeeming Maisa Sheni. Ein isha paide Maisa Sheni A woman cannot redeem the Maisa Sheni without adding a fifth. That's uh, the Tanakam over here. Okay, so now the Gemara at this point thinks, what are we talking about? We're talking about her redeeming Maisa Shani that grew in the properties of her husband. Okay, so let's see how the Gemara is going to explain this. Rabshem ibn Allah says in the name of Rab Meir, Isha paid the When she redeems this Maisa Shani, she does not have to add a fifth. Says the Gemara, so what's the case here? What's this Machlaikis all about? Heichi dami, what are we talking about? If you're going to say the case here is that she's using her husband's money. And this is also from the fields of the husband that she's taking the maestres for or she's redeeming the maestres. So if so, what's the machlekes here? She's simply a shliach doing this for the sake of her husband. And if she's a shliach of the Baal, so what's the reason why we would say that she can redeem it without adding a chaymish? When a person redeems the maestress himself, he has to add a chaymish. If he appoints a shliach to do it for him, you also have to add a chaymish. Only if someone else comes along and does it, you don't. But if she's, if, the, if his wife here is doing his shlichus, she should have to add a chaymish. So ve'ela, we have to say the case of here is bezuzi dida. She's using her own money. And Ashi actually says that the, the money that she has is from nichsei maluk, which are from properties that the paytas go to the husband, the money that she brought into the marriage, or properties she brought into the marriage where the, the, the paytas go to the husband, but the karka itself belongs to her. So from that she has money. Umayser didei. And this is maiser that grew in the husband's properties. And here, she, she, so she, since she's using her own money to separate it for the husband's maiser that grew in his property, so over here you can say that she doesn't have to give a chaymish because she, she's someone else that's separating with, from her money for the husband's maestress. Says the Gemara, but there's a Pasuk that says, Ish Amr Achmane, Isha, that the Pasuk says, Ish Amr Achmane, that a man, 
when he separate when he when he uh, has his maestres, so he can be paid the maestres, but isha, but not a woman. The woman is not considered to be like the husband himself. The pasuk here clearly says, basically, what the, the pshat in this miut is, that you might think that a person's wife is considered to be just like him himself. So just like if he redeems it himself, so there he has to redeem with a chaymish. So too, when a wife redeems, so she also has to give a chaymish. So this pasuk is saying, no, ish isha, that a isha is considered to be like someone else. And if since she's compared to someone else, she doesn't have to add a chaymish. So if this pasuk is clearly saying that she's like someone else, why would there be any machleikis here in the b'raisa, whether she has to add a chaymish or not? This is the pshat in the Gemara according to Rashi. And this is the girsa we have here in the Gemara. Taisus though disagrees, because Taisus says it's pashit that a woman, a wife, is considered to be someone else and not the husband. It's not necessary for the Gemara to bring this pasuk, isha merachmona v'loi isha. The Gemara could have just simply asked, that if it's bezuzi dida, if it's her money, and it's it's maaser day, and the maaser comes from the husband, so then she's someone else, and when she redeems it, it's pashit that she doesn't have to give a chaymish. Why does the gemara have to bring this pasuk of isha and achman of isha? So the, the taisus here changes the gears in the gemara. Rabbein Tam's pshat he says that you have to read the gemara bezuzi dida umaaser dida. It's all hers. It's her money. It's produce that grew in her fields. And nevertheless, the Gemara is bringing this pasuk that says clearly Isha merachmanu v'loy Isha that a Isha does not have to add a chaymish. The halacha of adding a chaymish in the pasuk it says only by a Ish and not by a Isha. That's Rabbi Natan's pshat. If it if it would be hers, she would have to add a chaymish, right? If it's both her money and her property, you would have to add a chaymish. But over here, over here, the pasuk is saying that no. That uh, she, she she will not have to add a, a chaymish. Okay, that's Rabbeinu Tam's pshat. Okay, so the Gemara says, so El Olav, don't you think? What is the case over here when the Tanakama and Rab Meir are arguing? Kehai Gavne, the case over here is the Akni Lo That what happened over here is that someone else gave her money. Uh, similar to the case we were speaking about in the Gemara before regarding the Evet, where someone's giving the Evet money. Someone gave her money for Amala. And he's telling her, what am I giving you the money for? That I'm only giving you the money. You should be kind for this purpose, to be paid to the Maiser. So now the question is, what happens over here with this money? Does this money go to her? She, she's kind of this money for herself. And, and, and she, now with her own money, she's being paid the, the Maiseres from her husband. Or no, or do we say that the money that she got is not her money, Bechlal? Even though this condition was made, but nevertheless, the money automatically belongs, the money automatically will belong to the master. Okay, so what do we see over here in this Braise? Whose field is it? Uh, oh, the field is the husband's. We're talking about, according to this, Pshat Gemara is saying, now the field belongs to the husband, and she's taking the maestress from the husband, and she's being paid it with this money that someone gave her with this condition. So now, if the money belongs to the, to, to the husband, so then she's basically doing the shlichus of the husband. It's the husband's miser. It's the husband's money. So in such a case, she has to be paid it, dafke, with a chaymish, just like the husband himself. So the Tanakam over here that says, Tanakama, which is the chachamim, that says that she has to add a chaymish, is basically saying that you can't make a condition. The condition doesn't help. The money goes to the husband. So that's a contradiction to what Rabbanan said regarding an Eved, that you can give the money to the Eved with the condition, and the condition works. The money stays by the Eved. 
Rab Meir here is saying the exact opposite. Rab Meir is saying when you make this condition, what happens? The condition does work. And therefore, the Isha is being paid the Maisa with her own money. And because it's with her own money, so over here, she's being paid the, her husband's Maisa with her money. So you don't have to add a Chaymish to that. Says the Gemara, But we know that Rabmei and the Rabbanan said before the exact opposite regarding someone else that gives money with this condition, whether the condition takes effect or not. So Abaye says that we have to switch the opinions here. That's, yeah, it's like a contradiction, and we're going to have to switch the opinions of Rabmei and the Rabbana. I don't see over here in Rashi or Taisvah saying which one of these two, which ones you have to switch. That means over here, the second one over here, this price over here, you have to switch the opinions of Rabbi and the Rabbana to fit with what they said before in the Mishnah. Rabbi says, We don't have to switch their opinions. Over here, the Emesis, the Brais is speaking about a whole different story. What we're talking about over here is, she got her own maestress. We're not talking about maestres that grew from the husband's properties, Bakhal. We're talking about maestres that she got as an inheritance from her father's, uh, from her mother's father. She, she got her own maestres, she got her own Yerusha. And Rabmeyer follows his opinion that he said in another place. The Omar, Maiser, Mom and Hektushu. The Maiser, Shani, what's Maiser Shani? Maiser Shani is maestres that you eat yourself. You bring it to Yerushalayim and you eat it yourself. But nevertheless, Rav Meir says, what does that mean? Maestres but MS is mom and hektish. It's, it belongs to the Eibishter. Elamai, now the Eibishter comes and tells you what to do with it. You should go and eat it in Yerushalayim. But it's really mom and hektish. Your zeiche from Rashi's Lashon is, you're eating Mishulchan Gevoya. So therefore, in such a case, so the, the husband does not get Bechlal, this, uh, this, this, this uh, maestres that she was zeichen. And here, according to the Pshat Gemara saying now, she's not using her own money to redeem these maestres. She's using her husband's money. Her husband is giving her money to redeem the maestres that belong to her. So so the Baal is not kaina this maestres. So therefore it comes out that she's being paid to her maestres with her husband's money. So in such a case, you don't have to add a chaymish because she's using someone else's money for her maestress. But Rabbanu letamayu, on the other hand, the Rabbanu's opinion is the Omri Momin had you too. Maisa Shani does not belong to Hektish. And as you see, Maisa Hektish is something she can eat herself. So therefore, when she yarshens this Maisa Shani, so the Kani Labat. Now the, the husband, whatever she gets, automatically the husband is cutting it from her. When she redeems this Maishashani, the Maishashani belongs to the husband, she's using her husband's money. So then she has to give a chaymish, just like any time a person redeems his own Maishashani. She's just doing the shlichus of the husband. So it's a completely different machlekes based on the status of mamin hektish or maiser uh, or the, the maiser sheni, whether it is mamin hektish or it's not mamin hektish, nothing to do with the machlekes of uh, a, not the person giving her money with a condition. So there's no contradiction there. Okay, the Gemara begins now a new Indian. We're going to discuss another way how an Evet Kenani can leave from his master. Tana we learned in Abraise, in addition to what it said in the Mishnah, Yaitse Beshen Ve'ayin. Evet Kenani leaves with a tooth in her eye, which means if the master knocks out a tooth or blinds him in, uh, blinds his eye, or verashi evarim, other tips of limbs of his body that the master knocks off or cuts off, so if he gets harmed that way, then he goes out free. It has to be rashi evarim she'enim chayzrim. He's a rashi evarim that will never come back, which uh, the Gemara will list it later on Dav Chafei. 
So the Gemara says, Bishloy Mishen Vayin Ksivi. Shen Vayin, it says clearly in the Pasik. Elo Roshe Evare Minolon. But the fact that we say that all other tips of limbs, that there's 24 of them, if he cut it off or if he damaged it, how do you know that over there as well he goes free? So it says, Gemara Dum Yudishem Vayin, because we learn it out, we compare it to a tooth and eye. These are blemishes that are in a place in the body which are open. And if you knock out a tooth, it doesn't grow back. And the eye that's blind doesn't come back. Anytime there's a blemish in any of these tips of these evarim that do not come back, so then he goes free. But how do you know to learn out from Shem Vayin? I should say, The Torah repeats the point about if the master knocks out an eye or knocks out a tooth, that he goes free. And it's actually two psukim. And it says the shen separately and ayin separately. So, and the rule is, if the Torah repeats something twice, The very fact that the Torah has to repeat the same thing twice, it's telling you that it's only by these two and not by anything else. So you can't learn out from here. Says the Gemara, it's not called Shnei Suvma Bam Kechet because Tzricha. There's a reason why the Torah had to write both of these, right? So, but really, it's all considered to be one point. The Ikas of Rachman because if the Torah would only write that if you knock out a tooth, then the Evid goes free. Hava Mina, then I would make a mistake and think Afila Shen Dechalav. Maybe this includes even the tooth of milk, which means the baby tooth, which after you knock it out, another tooth is going to grow in. So even in such a case, David goes free. So the Torah writes an eye, if you knock out an eye, so then you see here that it's after something that doesn't grow back. On the other hand, if we only say the eye, I would think that only the eye, if you knock out an eye, which the, the person's created right away with this eye, so then he goes free if it's knocked out. Only any other limb that's created with the person. But the teeth... And we're talking about, especially the, the, the bigger teeth that come later, they come, so they're not there when he's born, so maybe that's a kind of a part of the person that if it's knocked out, then the Evan does not go free. So the Torah had to write, Shem So the fact that the Torah has to write both, so it's not writing both to teach me that you can't compare anything else. There's a reason I had to write both, and you, from here you can learn out that the same applies to other Rashi Evarim as well. But if you look in the language of the Pasik, why shouldn't we say First the Pasik says if you'll hit your heaven. So that's including any kind of hitting that's a cloud. Then what it says, Shen then it says in the Pasik, Then in another Pasik it says also Shen So Shen when it spells out these two, that's specifying a detail. Dafke this. And the rule is Klal Uprat. When the Torah begins with a Klal, and then it gives you a prat that specifies specifically, So the prat comes and limits and defines exactly what the klal is, and it's only this. So that's only the tooth and an eye, and not anything else. There's no other way that the Evan goes free, no other Rashi Evarim other than Shem Vayin. Says the Gemara, When the Pasik says, in the end of that Pasik, that's considered to be another klal. And therefore it's a klal uprat a klal. And iatadon el prat. Once you have a klal uprat a klal, so then it doesn't have to be only the prat and nothing else, but it has to be similar to the prat. And therefore we say, Just like the prat, what is the prat? What defines a prat? It's something which is an open mum. That's what the, tooth is, the teeth and the, eye, the teeth and the eyes. 
And Vayna Chayzerin, once you knock it out, it doesn't return. So to any other Rashi Evarim, it has to be a mum which is open and something that doesn't grow back. That's the limit. Klal prat klal. Maybe we should take this klal prat klal a step further. That this is a, like we said before, mum is something which is open, but even now another point. If a person uh, does not have his teeth, so then he can't do the work that the teeth usually do, to chew, to eat, and also to the eyes. If the, the eyes are knocked out, he can't, he doesn't have the vision to see, to do work with the eyes. And also, that it doesn't grow back. All the other Evarim that I say that the Evid goes free, it has to be a Mum Shibagaloi. It doesn't come back. But it also has to be Batum Malachtai. So the Gemara is, is asking that why are we marbe all these different Rashi Evarim, even if it's not necessarily Batum Malachtai? As here, the Gemara brings a Braise, which actually says, I mean, the other Rashi Evarim, that, that's a list that we'll see soon on Davchafei. So over there, maybe those Rashi Evarim are bottom and Malachtai. But over here, the Gemara brings a Brais that says as follows. Allah Matani. Why does it say in a Brais? Tolash If the master pulled his slave's beard and it dislodged a bone, the Evid will go free for this. Even though it's, he's not bottom and Malachtai. And he can still eat properly. He can still do other work properly. He moved the bone out of his place. <clears throat> that's considered to be a damage that the Evid goes out free. So why? Shouldn't we learn out from Shem Va'ayin that it has to be something which there's a bitl malacha? Answers the Gemara, L'chavshi Yishalchenu. When the Torah finishes off with the words, L'chavshi Yishalchenu, Ribuyhu. This is coming to add, this is a Ribuy. What the Gemara is saying is, before we said this is a klal, a prat, a klal, and it has to be ke'en ha-prat, similar to the prat, but now the Gemara is saying it's not a klal, a prat, a klal, it's a riboy, which means it's a, there's a riboy of v'chiyake, and then there's a miyot, which is shem ayin, and then there's another klal, l'chavshi yishalchenu, and once you have that, a riboy, miyot, and riboy, it's really marba everything, and we only exclude one thing. Okay, Rashi over here says that in this case, even though usually there's a machlaikis in Gemara, whether you dash in the entire Torah with klala prata klal, or you dash in the Torah with ribuy, miut, and ribuy, but over here, la chafshi yishalchenu is not a klal. It's not like vichiyake, which is speaking about the action of hitting, and then shem is speaking about a specific place where you hit him, and then another klal relating to the prat. La chafshi yishalchenu is, everybody agrees, there's a ribuy that's marba, that he goes out free, even if it doesn't, it's not exactly like the prat. So the Gemara asks, if so, if you have this riboy, that it doesn't have to be like the Prat, that he goes out free, so then I feel call, how about even if he hits him on his hand, and his hand dried up, and now it's going to heal, and it's going to grow back as is. So Nami, we should also say it goes free, because it's Marva, and then it says, that he should go out free either way. Allah Matanya, why did we learn an Abraisa? You call Yoda Vitsamsa, you hit him on his hand and his hand dried, then the Saifalaqsa, it's gonna heal. He doesn't go free. If you would say that he goes out free, even in such a case with such a small wound, what is Shemvain when the Torah spells out Shemvain? It has to be Mamait, something. Even when you have a ribu, that's marba everything, but there's something you always have to be Mamait. This is the miyut. In a case where it's a wound, it's gonna grow back. In Abraisa, we learned about this, this Eved that leaves when his master damaged him and he goes out free. 
So by all these Rashi Varam that his master damaged, he goes out free. But Vitzarach gets Shikhrar. In addition, he's going to need a get Shikhrar to become a, a full Yid, that he should be mutter than to marry a Bas Yisrael. Debrei Rab Shimon. Rab says he does not need a get Shikhrar. Rab Lazoyme Tzarech, he does need. Rab Tarfanoyme, Einet Tzarech, he does not need. Rab Akivoyme Tzarech, he does need. So all these different opinions here that argue about the same point. Hamachriyim lefnei chachamim. There were those that in front of the chacham would be machriya to pass in the halachas. They say nirin divrei rab tarfen b'shem va'ayin. To us, it seems that rab tarfen is right regarding when he knocked out a tooth or an eye. So over there, he goes free, and there's no need for any get shichur because shatayr is Over there, that's what the pasuk says clearly that the tayr says he's free. Chavshi. But us it seems that Rabakive is right regarding any other limbs because over there it doesn't say it in the Pasuk. Over there the fact that he leaves is a knas of the Chacham that the Master should free him. So the Gemara right away asks on this this is a knas of Chachamim this is a knas of the Chachamim we just asked in the Pesukim before that there's a reward that he goes free. Elah says the Gemara, Hoyel umedrish chachamim. True, it's not a knas chachamim, but since it's not mafurish in the pasuk, it's only a drasha. So in such a case, he is going to need an, a get in order to go free. So here, Taisus explains the pshat in this. Why all of a sudden is any drasha less than something that's mafurish in the pasuk? So many psukim, so many alachas. Maybe half a teira, not most of the alachas of teira. I learned that from drashas, not from what's mafurish in the teira. So Taisus says that. It's takalni medrabanan because since it's only a medrash chachamim and people don't necessarily know about this drasha, when you'll see this evad walking around freely, someone's going to say to the evad, "You're free because you knocked out the tip of your finger." Doesn't say it in the pasuk. You're not really free, so people might look at him as an evad. So therefore, chachamim were masakin that anything other than shem va'ayin, which is not mafurish, you should give him a get shechler, so people shouldn't think that he's still an evad. Says the gemara, "My time medrab shimin." What's the reason? That Abshimin says that even by Shen Va'ayin, it says clearly in the Pasuk, Lachavshi, he goes out free. Why does he say that he has to have a get Shikhra to be free fully to be able to marry a Bas Yisrael? Yalef, Shiluach, Shiluach, Misha. He learns out the Lashon that it says here that Yishachenu, and the Lashon that it says by Isha, by a get, that the get is Vishulcham Yibesa, so you learn out from there, Ma Isha Bishtar, like by Isha, it's with a star, with the get, Af Evad Nami Bishtar. Here as well, when it says Lachavshi Yishachenu, Yishachenu means with a get. Rab Meir, but Rab Meir that says that he goes free through the Shem Va'ayin without a get. If the language of the Pasuk would have been Yishalchenu and then Chavshi, then I would have said, that, like he's saying that we learn out from Isha, that, that only through the Yishalchenu, like an Isha, then Chavshi, then he becomes free. And then so what I understand from this is The Pesach is saying First Chavshi that you should understand Don't compare it to the Isha He's 100% free And so Yishalchenu is coming after the Chavshi You don't need any get for that He hit him on his eye directly And he blinded him Or He hit him on his ear And he became deaf The Eved goes free even though you might say that when a person is deaf, you can't even see that he's deaf. And before we said it has to be a mum shibagal, something that's noticeable. But a person that's deaf is considered to be a mum shibagal because you can see right away that he can't communicate properly, he can't hear. So that's a mum shibagal, he goes free. Now, if this Evid was standing near a wall and you gave a very strong, loud bang in the wall, you didn't touch him, just on the wall, near his eye. And he got so startled by this that now he can't see. 
or connected oznoi, or you the sound uh, that you banged on a wall near his eye, uh, near his ear. That is veinishemeya, and now he can't hear. In such a case, he does not go out free. It's only if you hit him directly, then he goes free. Why are we making such a distinction? Shall we say the color? If you damage by sound, then that's nothing. You put up such a kind of a damage. You could say that it's indirect. It's something that's more like a grammar, so therefore you would be potter. But Vatani Rami Bayecheskel, Rami Bayecheskel taught the following Allah regarding the damages that an animal causes. Tarnaga, if a chicken went Shahishit Raishai La Avaklis Khochis, he stuck his head into a a, a, a glass keli. Vitaka boy and and uh, this this chicken uh, uh, blew into it or made a noise into it and Vishabrai and he broke this glass keli. Mishalim Nezik Shalim. He's gonna pay full payment for this damage. Omri Rav Yosef, Omri Beirav. Rav Yosef taught that in the yeshiva of Rav, they said, "Sus shetzonav v'chamor shenoar." A horse that neighed, I think it is, and a and a, a donkey that brayed. So v'shavru kelim, and with this noise, they broke different vessels. V'toyach abayis in a house. M'shalma chatzin ezek. So because they didn't do directly break it, but it was only through the sound they made, so they pay chatzin ezek. Rashi here explains. The machloik is between Rami by Yecheskel and what Rav Yisrael brings from Rav, whether you pay Nezek Shalom or Chatzit Nezek, is based on the halacha of Tzreiris. The halacha by Tzreiris is an animal that's kicking pebbles, and then the pebble goes and breaks something. So because it didn't happen from the goof of the animal itself, it's from the koyach of the animal, through the pebbles. So over there, there's a machloik about this. One opinion says that there's halacha l'meshimisinai, that you only pay Chatzit Nezek. But another opinion, which is Sumchis, says that you, even in such a case when it's the kayak of the animal, it's indirect, you pay Nezik Shalom. So we hear as well, the animal did not damage these vessels directly, it was with the sound that it made. So there's a machlekes here, whether you pay Nezik Shalom or Chatsi Nezik. But either way, the point is, you see that the sound, you have to pay for it. You're not totally potted. So why are you saying that if the master blinded his ever or made him deaf, and it was indirect, he hit the wall so that he should not go free? So the Gemara answers, you can't compare the damage by, uh, to, uh, by an animal, or by kalim actually, when animals damage kalim, to damaging that caused in the person himself. Shani Adam, by a human being it's different, the kivin, the bardasu, because since he has his own, a mind of his own, iu mavis nafshei. So to some extent, he's contributing here to this that he became blind, or to this that he became deaf, because it's the fear that he got so startled by this bang that causes that he should become blind or deaf. So therefore, we can't be Mechai of the master for this, and he doesn't go free. As we learned in if you if you scare your friend by a sound, and it causes a damage to him, so you're going to be It's only called a grama. It's indirect, and he really is... Because he's a bardas, so he, by him being prone to this kind of a fear, so it's he's doing it as well, so you're going to be potter. And, but you chayi b'dini shemaim, just like every time a grom is chayi b'dini shemaim. Keitza, toka ba'oznoi v'chershoi, you, with a sound, you blew into his ear, and he became deaf, so you're going to be potter. But achzahu v'toka ba'oznoi, but it's going to be different though, if you grab hold of him, so you're physically holding him, and then you blow into his ear v'chershoi, and then you're... Uh, uh, making him deaf, then chayv. Then you're going to be chayv. If you're physically holding on to it, then mm. it's, it's not a grama, then you're going to be chayv. Another halacha about this, 
a person, you hit someone on his, the, the, the master, is, he hit the avid on his eyes, and it became weaker, his sight, his vision became weaker. <coughs> or al-shino, you hit, you hit him at his, on his mouth, on his teeth, and his teeth are now shaking. Does he go free or not? If he can still use his eyes or his teeth, so they ain't So he can still use them now, so he doesn't go free. If they're not using, his vision can't, use, can't see anything anymore, even though it's weaker, but he, but he can't really see with it. He can't use his teeth to eat with it, so he goes free. What if the, the vision of his Eved was already weak? And then Visima, the, ma- the, the master came and blinded him. Or Shinoinududa, his teeth were already shaking, Vipila, and the master knocked it out. So what's Talacha here? If he was able to if he was able to use it before, and now you knocked out his eye or tooth, because it had used before, and now it's now not. But Vimlav, if before it was weak enough or shaking enough that he couldn't even use it at all, and so now that you blinded him or knocked out the tooth completely, it doesn't go free. So seemingly, these two braises are based on the same point. So why is it repeating them? It says the Gemara, Tzricha has to teach me both of these halachas. If I would say the first case, so then I would say, The reason there why he goes free when you weaken his eyesight is because he had perfect eyesight before. And now he has weak eyesight. So you took away that perfect eyesight, so therefore he goes free. So that he weakened the eyesight to the point that he can't use his vision anymore. And it was perfect in the beginning. But in a case where his eyesight in the beginning was weak, even if you blinded him completely, so he shouldn't go free. On the other hand, if would only say this case where he blinded him, when he already, already had before weak eyesight, maybe the reason he goes free is because now he's completely blind. But in the first case, where he did not totally blind him, even though he took away his perfect eyesight, but he's not totally blind, Eimeloi should not go free. Therefore, the Brais has to teach both of these halachas. In the Brais, we learned another halacha. If this Eved's master is a doctor, and the Eved says to his master, that he should put some drops of medicine into his eyes to heal his eyes. And the master, the doctor, went and did what he did, and instead of healing him, he blinded him. But it was done in, unintentionally, he wanted to heal him. Or he asks his master, which is a dentist, to drill his tooth and to heal him, and he caused his tooth to fall out. He could laugh at his master and go free. Even though it was unintentional, but he goes free. When the Pasik says that he damaged something in his slave and he goes free, it says, What does that mean? It has to be intentional. Not like a, in the case of a doctor or a dentist where it was unintentional. says the Gemara, according to the Rabbanon that disagreed to this Drashe, what do they learn out from this Vishikasa that they don't want to learn out this Drashe? They learn out from this what it says in the Braise. If a master is helping, he's, he's a doctor, he's giving birth, he's helping the, his, his maidservant, that is, give birth. And so he sticks his hands to take out the, the baby. And Visima Umar Ubar And as he's helping the baby be, come and be born, he blinds the baby. 
potter. In such a case, he'll be potter and the, the, the baby born will not go free. Even though he, he blinded this, this, this Eved that's just born now. My time it, Omakro, Vishikhasa. Here's where the Rabbanan do darsh in this postic Vishikhasa, Achi Yechavin Lishachasa. Until he has the intention to damage the, uh, the baby that, or, or when, he, when he blinds. Okay, so over here, the point is that he had absolutely no kavana for the eye, Bechlal. In the case of a doctor, he had a kavana to put the drops into the eye. He wanted to put the drops into the eye to heal. But instead, he put in too much drops or whatever he did, and it, and it burnt the eye, it, it blinded the eye. Such a case that Rabbanan say that the Evan's going to go free. Because the master did what he did. He was aiming for the eye intentionally, even though not for the intention to damage. Mashenki, when, when he's trying to help the baby be born, he wasn't aiming for the eye at all. So therefore, in such a case, that Rabbanan will agree that he goes free. Taisus actually, that he does not go free, that is. Taisus actually adds to this, not only didn't he aim for the eye, but he actually aimed for something good. He was trying to help the birth. So it's, he has a punta opposite kavana to help. And therefore, in such a case, he will not go free. The idach, the other opinion, why didn't he say that we learn out from Veshichasa only in such an extreme case, the tafke, when he did not even aim for the eye at all, only then does he not go out free. How did he know to darshan any time that it wasn't intentional, he doesn't go out free, even if he did aim for the eye? So the other opinion over here in the Braise is Veshichas Veshichasa. The Pasuk could have said Veshichas and it adds an extra hey to emphasize Veshichasa to say that even if it was unintentional, he aimed for the eye, as long as it was unintentional, then he doesn't go free. But the Chacham disagree. They don't consider that to be extra in the language of the Pasik. If the slave's eye, he's already blind. Now the master removed the eye from his, from his, uh, from his body. He goes free. Even though he's already blind. If the eye is not useful at all. But nevertheless, if he took the eye out, he goes free. My timer, what's the source for this? Because over here, there's an additional damage that he did. It's not only that he has a blemish, but now he's, he's missing a, a limb. He took out the eye. And we have arrived for this, what the Tana said in a Braise regarding the halacha by the Karbonis. So it says, Tamus The halacha that you have to have a carbon. There has to be a tam, no blemish, and has to be a zachar. That applies by a behemoth. Regarding birds that are brought, brought as a carbon, there's no halacha of a blemish that's not good. And, and there's no halacha that has to be a zachar. Now, yachal, I would think, yafsha gapa, if the wing is totally dry, or nikta ragla, the foot is cut off, nechtata eina, or eye was taken, poked out completely. I would think that by a bird that could be brought as a carbon, Talmud loima minoif, when the Pasuk says you bring from birds, it says minoif v'loikoloif, which means not all birds could bring, be brought as a carbon. If it's mechuse ever, so then it can't be brought as a carbon. So we can see over here that there's a difference between a blemish and mechuse ever. Once it's mechuse ever, it's, it's a bigger psal. Same thing regarding an eved, once you took out the eye completely, yeah, so then true. it's a bigger damage and it'll go out free. Let's just finish off to the two dots right on the top. If this slave had an extra finger, a sixth finger, and the master cut it off, he goes out free, even though he seemingly is just extra, then he cut it off, but he goes out free as well. That's only if it's together, it's the same, it goes together with the other fingers, it's long enough, similar to the other fingers, and then he cuts it off, the, uh, the slave goes out free.